You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. And I'm Chris. Chris, what are we postulating about this evening? This evening, we are going to talk about heartbreak. About heartbreak. Yeah, so heartbreak comes in a... Like cardiac disease or... Sure. No, um, heartbreak comes in a variety of flavors, so it can come from a death, from... Hmm. Uh, basically the dissolution of a relationship or um i fingered this chick at debate camp and we have the last day of debate camp and she lives in utah and i'm never going to see her again yeah it it can be a bajillion different things so i thought touching on that heartache is something that's important especially as it pertains to relationships and moving forward in a relationship okay so I'm going to open the floor to you first. No, no, no. Don't, don't. We can't have the conversation that we have off air. And then you're like, oh, by the way, let's talk about this. And I'm like, yeah. So you don't, don't fucking. So so uh, Jesus Christ. This, uh, the thing that has broken my heart the most that we've talked about on the show and all that is Tara left for a brief period of time. And that is something that I have held on to for, you know, two years now. Right. And it's been something that has absolutely destroyed me almost on a daily basis like it's can, something that i've thought about can i point something out huh we're going to talk about heartbreak and i am not going to discuss the greatest heartbreak of my life so when we actually get into this i think the greatest heartbreak of your life is going to shift a little bit okay okay so i guess i'll jump right into it and get into my my personal life with it so tara left and i was distraught yeah you were a mess i was and it's something that i have dwelled on and thought about and uh just let fester and turn into this really really nasty thing in my life and like i honestly on almost a daily basis it's something that passes through my mind in some way or another and i have uh I've been bitter about it, and I've been a dickhole about it. So not not that we need to retread old ground, but for the people who haven't... Boy, that was really... That made me sound like I have a stupid fucking retarded speech impediment. For the people who do not regularly listen to the show, you want to give us a brief synopsis as a brief... But Jesus Christ, I've got marbles in my mouth. Do you want to give us a brief synopsis as to why Tara left? So I don't I don't fully understand why. Um, and I'm not going to pretend to know why. Uh, basically, I think Tara was in a shitty place, and our relationship wasn't in the best place, and I think the only thing that made sense to her at that point was to... Be single? Was to run away. Um, I don't know that it was necessarily to be single, but it was to not be there. Not be with you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not... I, I don't think she had a boyfriend or anything like that, but just to not to remove herself from the situation now i cannot and i'm not gonna even attempt to wrap my head around any reasoning or anything like that 
Um, I could drive myself crazy with that and I could speculate and all kinds of stuff. And it's it, realistically, it's like not remotely healthy for me to do so. But how, how can you move forward without understanding why and not know precisely what it was so that you do not repeat those mistakes? I don't think it was all me. Ah, Okay, so anytime somebody ends a relationship, it's not all because of the other person. A good portion of it is because they're self. Maybe you've set some boundary for yourself and that other person crosses that boundary. Maybe you're just having a really tough time in your life and you're like, this situation isn't making it any easier. So you decide that it's no longer viable for you. So you leave. Hmm. Okay. Um when I really started to like ponder about this today, as I was thinking of the subject, I was like, man, my whole thing springs from my entire identity is built on uh, a family. And this family is a family that I never had. Okay. So growing up, my parents were divorced before I would, was coherent like before i ever had any fucking clue that was going on and i thought nothing of it like i didn't think it affected me whatsoever and it did right it it, it set the stage for your expectation of, of what a relationship is and my expectation of what a relationship is is a family that's together right like uh my mom and my stepdad have been together since i was two okay my mom and my dad split up before i was a year old so classy yeah my mom started dating this guy you know a year year and a half after she split up with my dad and then they've been together ever since and for for me um i thought i had some notion of what it was to be a family and all this shit and i built an entire persona basically around that and i built every every sense of my identity was completely contingent upon the fact that this exists in my life and if it didn't i would not be who i think i am and having that go away and it not being my choosing was something that just shattered me Mm -hmm. and it, it honestly it was because like i i didn't have anything to do with the actual leaving part like i'm not the one that left so it it completely destroyed what I thought I was. And I realized that it it didn't actually, that's not what completely destroyed my thought of what I was. It was something that I never had that destroyed the thought of what I was. So my, my family never existed for me. Right. And like, I didn't realize that that underlying issue played such a part in how I viewed myself so because your because your biological father and your mother weren't together uh-huh but it, but as long as you could recall i mean from from the earliest stages of your life your mother was in a stable relationship and is still in that relationship today yeah so how did that impact you well that that is what i built the notion of a family on but like my what I built the notion of a family on and what I actually had were two very different things because there was a man that I called dad that lived somewhere else entirely. Mm -hmm. And then there was 
mom and my stepdad somewhere else. So why did you never call your stepfather dad? That that's one of those weird things. It was because there was another male influence in my life that was my biological father, and like my stepdad Don is a dad to me, and like I I am one I'm one of the guys that is super blessed because I have zero. I, I, I don't have a lack of strong male influence in my life. So I have my dad, my stepdad, my uncle, like my grandpa. There are a lot of people that played pivotal roles in, in my life and in what I could say, okay, this is what a family is and this is what a man does. So I could never, ever, ever say, oh, I lacked male influence. I didn't. Um, I had more of that than I probably needed. I didn't lack a female influence because I lived with my mom. So I had a nurturing mother who cared very much for me. Uh, we were poor, but that didn't really mean much. Right. I didn't realize how poor we were until I got out on my own. So coming to the realization that I hadn't come to terms with the fact that my family was destroyed before I ever realized that was my family was a pretty big deal for me. But, but was it your family? Mm -hmm. I mean, your, your father, I, I don't know the nature of the, of the divorce, but you're not even a year old and your dad is out of the picture. By the time you're two, your mom has met somebody new and is still with As long them. as I can remember my stepdad was there. Okay. So, I mean, on some level, you've always had a stable and reliable family. It just and, didn't include your biological father. But that's one of those things I did not realize it was fucking with me until hmm. recently. Um, so, so why did they get divorced? My dad was a prick. And my mom was young. And, like, the two don't go together well. Right. I mean, there's really no getting around that. My dad was in the early stages of alcoholism and he was fucking into drugs and all kinds of stuff like that. And he was abusive. And my mom was a, you know, 19, 20 year old girl that was like, oh, I'm not subjecting myself or my kid to this. Right. So she removed herself from the situation. And I think it affected my father in a far more negative light than it did my mom because the relationship wasn't dissolved under his terms. Right. And I think that's one of the things that ultimately dictates uh, who comes out on top in yeah. the dissolution of a relationship sure. is who calls the end to it. Like with my ex-wife, I can tell you, I don't really feel bad about it. I'm not pissed off about it. Like, I can't stand her, but I can't stand her for a number of reasons, and I'm not going to go off and rattle them all off right now. But, like, it, I was the one that called that off. Mm-hmm. So I was the one with all the cards in hand. Um, when Tara left, that wasn't the case. I didn't call it off. I didn't want that to happen. So it was one of those things that shook me on a really profound level. And I couldn't really wrap my head around it. And then having this uh, this thinking time with myself earlier today. And like I had all these like good things planned to say. And now I can't I can't think of them all and I can't put them into words. But, like, I had all these profound things that I was going to say about it, and 
elaborate on and well, that makes for a great episode Chris yeah, right. like I have this wonderful idea for an episode and I've been really doing a lot of soul searching and deep thinking and I have a lot of important things to say I just don't remember what those things are that uh, I, I I feel like that you're leaving the audience with blue balls and that's some bullshit well no I'm not leaving them with blue balls but what I'm saying and this is one of the things that I thought you about. promised me the best blowjob that I have ever had and all you are is teeth and dry mouth you're welcome <laughs> Chapped lips and <laughs> how's this sandpaper feeling on that cock? <laughs> but uh, no, it's 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 one of those things that like I um I did not understand what a family was and what a relationship was according to me. Yeah, until I really started to have this this thought process go yeah. through, and I I think it's one of those things like because you you guys you and your relationship have had some turmoil recently, sure, and your it it kind of shattered your perception of yourself, sure, and with that, like I I don't think your perception of yourself was entirely built because I don't I don't know that you've necessarily come to grips with everything that's happened in your lifetime, and I think this is true for most people, like, sure. I don't think most of us well, have come to grips with the fact that I mean, okay, I come from a broken home. Yeah, no, I, I, I have, I have some significant moments that I remember um, from my life. Um, you know, my, it, it's funny, and I'm probably, I'm probably going to misquote it, but in the in the movie The Crow, uh, so good. Yeah, it is. It is really good. But in the movie The Crow, there's a moment where I can't remember the the mother of the the supporting actress, the girl who is you know friendly with the crow, um, you know, who says it can't rain all the time. But her mom is a heroin addict. Yeah. And there's a moment where the crow, you know, Brandon Lee is squeezing her arm to the point that heroin is coming back out of the holes that she had made to shoot it up. And he says that mother is the word for God on the lips and hearts of children. And, you know, my mother, the, the, the one entity in the universe that is supposed to support and nurture and take care of was the most abusive and horrible person in my life. And that's hard. But that didn't break my heart. I just, it's always who she was. It's always how she had been. And so I didn't know any different. And it wasn't until I was really an adult did I understand how terribly betrayed that I was. But something that was to me almost a greater offense is my, you know, my, my parents got divorced and my father, I believe that my father was ruined that moment. You know, my mom, when she got pregnant with my older brother, she was 17 years old. Uh, my dad was 19 and they're both from strong Catholic families. And so you're going to get married. Right. And after 17 years of marriage, you know, my mom's in her early thirties and she decides that this isn't what she wanted out of life. And she's married and she's got three kids um, none of which were, you know, necessarily planned or even wanted considering how they treated us. But, you know, my, my mom decided that she had to, you know, go find herself and that she wanted to get a divorce. And my dad just crawled into a bottle and it took him a long, long time to, to crawl out. But I believe that my mom was my dad's, you know, really true love. Uh, he's on his third marriage now, which seems to be working out, but he's also a retired old man. And I think there's a certain level of 
acceptance and complacency that come with that. But my dad was in the country recently. He and number three, I was, I was give them numbers because I'm, they get better every time. And I'm like, I'm really pulling for number four. She's going to be an angel. My mom was the first, but anywho. So my dad is in the country from, uh, from, from Panama, excuse me. That's where he lives. He's a pensionado down there with number three. And he comes into town. I forget for, for what reason, but we go out and we have, uh, we have lunch before I have to go to work one day. Um, I was so shocked by this that I didn't know how to respond. If my brother had been there, I think my older brother would have killed him. But my dad says to me that, you know, after all these years, this, this terrible abuse that, that we suffered under my mother, both physical and psychological, verbal abuse, you know, just ruined her fucking children. And if you, you don't believe that that is damaging to people, you, you have to, the, the science behind it is incredible. The amount of actual damage that is done to a child's brain. Because, you know, you're not done developing until, until you're 25. Yeah, until you're in your mid-20s. The amount of damage that it does to the development of your, your brain is tremendous. You know, just just psychological verbal abuse, not to mention being beaten on. But my dad says to me that, you know, he never really thought it was his place to get involved. You know, that, you know, even though my mother was abusing us and he was never around and that he was neglectful, that it was never really his place. And, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. How, how, your job as a father is to provide for and protect your children. That's your job. How in, in what fucking universe do you think that that is not your place? I, I've never been more disappointed in my entire life. And that's that's bizarre. Yeah. Like, honestly, you probably should have had kids. No, no, I, I say that just, I'm too selfish for that. I, <laughs> the, the fact that you say that is why I'm like, ah, you probably should have, should have had kids. Nah. Um, like you've, I didn't you absolutely realize the error in your parents. Way. I, didn't up, I didn't know being a monster like they were. You wouldn't. Yeah. Nah, you're not a monster now because I don't have kids. It's not because you don't have kids. It's because you don't want to be. Like any time Tara or myself is disciplining ch children, both of us are there and we feel that the other is stepping out of bounds. Like you're getting to the point to where you're going too far. We'll cut each other off. Yeah, no, man, you got a united front. You can't that. No, that's the thing. Like the united front ends where somebody's well-being begins. And both of us are actually very good about stopping the other person if they're being a dick. So you don't like, I mean, instead of spanking, put a finger in their butt? No. Okay. Um, but I did have to give Chris, Christopher a suppository one time. Yeah, you told that story on the oh, mics. Oh, man, yeah. that was so bad. <laughs> um, 
Like I, you got, you put a little blood in it though, right? Uh, like I you felt, get a little bit of a chub. Like you're, I, I like, felt like he was so your wife fucking was gonna abused. Throw up. <laughs> no, I, I was like, I am such an abusive prick having to get him. This, he hadn't pooped in a week. Okay? Oh no, the poor guy. No, it was horrible. And I had called the doctor, and they were like, "Hey, you got to do a suppository." And I was like, "I don't know what the fuck a suppository yes, is." Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I didn't because I'm a young twenty year old person that's never heard the word suppository in my life, and. No, you got to put this fucking thing in the butt. So I have to put the suppository in my kid's in butt. In the butt. And I was, I was like, oh my god! Like I was heartbroken. Yeah. And he was like, dad, <laughs> I yeah. you. And you're like, don't ever go to prison because it'll be way worse than this. I'm like, dude, you can hate me. <laughs> I hate me. No, it was so fucking bad. Um. But, like, her and I are really, really good about when the other person, we, when we think a line is being crossed to stop what's happening and be like, hey, or interject and start right. to kind of help. Like, that's important. Yeah. And you just said how important that would have been to you. Yeah, no, I just can't. I mean, I just can't imagine. That's just this thing. Well, you're, you're, you're human. So, is it like. One- you get emotional and stuff right. like that, and you still love the person that you're disciplining yeah. or that but, you're, you're. But when my scolding. when my when my parents split, like I mean, I can't imagine getting divorced from my wife, knowing that my wife is savagely beating her children and just abusing them mercilessly. But didn't you live with your dad? I well, so I moved out of my mom's house when I was right before I went into eighth grade. What's going on over here? You okay, I just Tara? looked back at her and I was like, I love you. And she gave you that look like, I'm on the fence today. <laughs> she did. She was like, she was like, I don't know. Mike's, no, we've actually Mike's a little gross today. talking about my son's butthole. And then you're. Uh, <laughs> she did, folks. There's no camera. But listen, if I've I've never, never said anything more true in my life. <laughs> Now she's giving me the stink eye. She's like, fuck you, Mike. (laughs) I love Tara. No, she's good. Like, platonically. Yeah, no, whatever. But yeah, I just can't. I I mean, if my my ex-wife was beating my children like that, I would have to kill her. I'd, I'd have to just put a bullet in her face and take my children and go to Mexico and be on the run. Well, that's the thing. Like, if somebody's abusing somebody like that, it's easy to take them away and to make a case for it. Right. Um, and the person that was being the abuser will generally not show their face. Yeah. It's awful. It, it's but yeah, awful that, that, that it is. That, that moment, I mean, I, I never really until this moment considered that moment a heartbreak, but it certainly was. It, I was well, really. It was, and I think that's probably the most profound heartbreak that's happened in your life. Uh, I'm not going to go that far. Well. I would like that's what shaped that's what shaped your entire perspective of what a relationship should be of what parenthood well, should be it, and it, it wasn't no when I, I mean when I was growing up when I was a kid my parents were still married now I was very young they got divorced when I was seven eight years old um, you know in my perspective about what a relationship was was just violence right you just yell and scream and hit one another that's that's how a relationship so that's is that's what your relationships were like when you were a teenager no I no 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 I never so I I mean I dated girls on and off right here and there but I didn't have a significant relationship until I was in a sophomore in high school 
I think is, yeah, sophomore in high school, I started dating this girl named Laura. And, you know, she she was wonderful and sweet. And, you know, we had fun. And, I mean, we're fucking, you know, 16-year-old kids. 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 Yeah. So just, yeah, just dicked around and did dumb stuff and were kids. And I never considered that relationship beyond the moment, right? Like, I never thought about what that relationship was going to be in the future uh, until I met my wife. But I forgot what, what, what was the question. So... My my question was then. So you were abusive? No, 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 never. Because never, because no, no, no. I've never, I never spoke to, I never smoked to Laura that way. I never, I've never spoken to my wife that way. Well, that's even what, in the worst of our fights. That's what I'm saying. Like so, what what you perceive as a relationship and what you had had as a relationship as a child were two very different things. And I I think that's kind of the ultimate realization that I had to come to. Uh, with my thought process on the topic today was what 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 baggage is it that I'm carrying around that has caused me to feel this way about the relationship or whatever right and there was how how would i how would I fucking know that oh it's the fact that my parents split up before mm. I can even remember right um that's not why would you think that like you can't mm. even remember it. But it, it it does, it affects you. And like the fact that this other person is still there, that other person being my dad and the fact that I have a family outside of my dad and weird shit like that. And now my dad has a new wife that he just got and he's trying to push this new family on to How everybody. How much did she cost? I have no idea. I gotcha. Um, I know she wasn't a mail order bride. He, she was, she was a mail order bride. Um, I think he loves the idea she of her. She wanted that big white dick, didn't she? I think he loves the idea of her. I don't know that my dad is normal enough mm-hmm. and has been in a place enough to have a relationship since he was a teenager. Right. Uh, I don't know why he's that way. Because, like, his mom and dad were together. They were together until my grandma died. Well, I think some people are just, and I, I, I see it with my grandfather when, when he was alive. I see it with my father who is still alive. Uh, and I, and I think I see it with myself. I mean, I really have become my father to a certain degree, not entirely, but I, but I really have. And, you know, my grandpa, my grandpa wanted to be drunk and alone and my dad wants to be drunk and alone I think I just want to be drunk and alone. I don't think anybody wants to be drunk and alone. I don't think that that's necessarily true. I think that the the like being a drunk being drunk is a way of escaping yourself. Right. The well, I've always wanted to escape myself of whatever what it was, whether it was television or film or our, our books or comics or role playing games or whatever. I've always wanted to escape what it is. But you know, I I don't. I don't want another relationship. If something happens with with me and my wife, I, I just I just want my time for me. And, and for, I know that's selfish, but you know, it, it maybe I'm just selfish. Well, no, my my so on that same note, like I would want company. And I'm not saying that I want to be necessarily fucking somebody, right? But like hanging out with somebody like sharing thoughts or feelings or something like that like that's important and like i that's something that i would want to put out in the world if something 
happened to me and my wife. And at this point, I can say honestly and with a very full heart that I don't believe that's the case. Um, but like, I have I have struggled in a profound way the past like two weeks here with just being in a relationship and i'm like what is it about this and it's the thing that i've been struggling with is i'm like i'd rather just be by myself right now like i don't want to fucking fight with this person i don't want to be mean to this person i don't want this person to be mean to me i don't want to fucking have to deal with any of this bullshit and then i'm like oh yeah like that's the whole thing that i signed up for was to be there okay so i can be there like i do that i've done that and then it was uh okay so why why did i feel like i don't want to be there i don't want to have to deal with it well then i had to do a little bit of soul searching and then i had to kind of be introspective for a moment and try to sift through not only my feelings but my logic like there there's it makes sense to me in some way, shape, or form that doing my own thing, that being by my lonesome would be easier. Why is that? And I, I, had, I came to the realization that it was emotions. Like, I didn't realize how emotional I was, but it was my emotions, and it was also my thoughts. Like, you, it, it, we're weird animals. Mm-hmm. Like people are, and we like to think of ourselves as logical, and like we like to make sense of our feelings, but they don't. They don't like they don't make sense. Like the act of loving somebody is really difficult. The act of loving somebody is wanting to fucking air every piece of their bad laundry out, and keeping keeping your mouth shut. The act of loving somebody is waking up in the morning and asking hey is there anything i can do for you before you go about your day and see that used to be important to me i think that will find its way to being important to you again i don't know i do i do challenge accepted um It's so hard. Okay, so doing this show, like, <laughs> Mike, you're one of the people that I'm closest to. So we do I'm this sorry. show. Don't be sorry. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. Like, seriously. No, I know. Um, don't get all, don't get real emotion on me. It, makes, I'm, I'm, it makes me uncomfortable. No, no, no. So doing the show, like, we we go through this thing where we're talking about real life and real life things. And, like, you you there's only so much of what's going on with you that you're willing to share with the general public. Oh, no, I'm public. willing to share. You're the one who's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't talk about this on the show. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. No, I'm the one that's trying to preserve any bit of sanctity that there is yeah, in the relationship. Yeah, I don't. I have nothing. Nothing is sacred to me, Chris. I think that's bullshit. Other than the anus. Don't put your finger in my butt. I, that's I, sacred. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> your butt is a fucking, is a battleground. <laughs> First of all, Pat Benatar taught us that love is a battlefield. Yeah, and I said I love, your butt. God, fuck, I love I that said song. your butt's a battleground. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> it's where everybody goes to battleground. No, um, it, 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 like doing this is so weird. 
listeners, you get to hear the weird part of this for a minute. So like, we'll have a conversation off air and like, there's a lot that I know about you and that you know about me that doesn't go on this. Um, right, which I think it, on on some level, and and you are probably going to disagree with me, but on some level, I feel that that's disingenuous. It's that, not that that we doing this. The reason why people listen is that us bearing all is catharsis for them. Them hearing that we have the same objections and concerns and follies that they do, and that we are willing to bear that to the audience is the reason why people would listen to the show. I have no objection to bearing everything with everybody. What I said to you earlier was we need to wait until something is not so fresh. Okay. And I, and I think that it is sitting on the counter spoiled and rotten and ready to be thrown in the composter. So spoiled and rotten is what you feel. And like, it's it's not fresh. It's old. It's old news. It's it's like, why are you bringing up old shit? No, bullshit. <laughs> so anytime you have something rear its ugly head in your relationship, yeah. it's at the forefront of your mind, basically up until it's gone. Right. And when it's gone, like it's not at the forefront of your mind. It doesn't get brought it's, up anymore. But but some th- sometimes things impact your relationship with such magnitude that they're never going to be gone. When your father who left you there in a hellhole to be abused tells you that he feels that it was none of his business to intervene. That stays with you forever. Forever. Even if you are willing to move past and forgive, you cannot forget that that's who he is. Your relationship with your dad and that particular conversation has happened within the last six months. No. It has. Like, no, it's been... I left. I left miniature market less than six months ago. No, you didn't. Shut up. Maybe right about six months ago. Like it's not been long. Don't. Don't. I'm gonna go and look at payroll and no, find look out. Look at payroll. It's not been that long. Yeah. Um, it's been forever. It's been like a thousand years. No, it feels because that Justin, way because, because I miss being there. Because Justin replaced you. Justin didn't replace me. I was there before. Were you there when that kid was there? Yeah. With the I raccoon eyes and. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like this retard here. Um, so, like, yeah, yeah, because we've had basically the day that the no, day because that it was last. It was last. It was last summer that he was in. Yeah, that's it was like he, June or July. So it's yeah, been almost June or a July. Year. I left it's been in, almost a year. I left in September. almost a year. It's been June I left or July. In September. Almost a year. August. I'm just saying it's September, almost a year. October, November. What December, month is it? January, it's May. February, Next March, month is June. April, it's been May. almost a year. Okay. It's been. So it's been, it's eight been months. 10, 10 to eleven months. It's been eight months. Was it May? It was eight months. June. June is one year. September That's eleven is when months. I left. If it was July, then twelve months. Yeah. So September is when I left. Eight months. I just counted. You're welcome. Uh, so anyway, so my dad told me almost a year ago and I still have not forgotten. No, yeah, why, will would you, I? why would you forget about it? I'll bring it, this how? up at his eulogy. No, you won't. Yes, I will. No, you won't. At his eulogy, you'll have fucking something else to bitch about. Like the fact of the matter is you're, <laughs> you're such fucking, an asshole. No, like it's. <sighs> I'm not going to bring it up as eulogy or right because that would make me an asshole. No, fuck that. Like. One of the things that I'm most grateful for is that any time one of my family members dies, everybody gets together. And this is on the uh, this is on my dad's side, not on my mom's side. So on my dad's side, everybody gets together 
and hangs out and talks and there's stories and basically everything like all kinds of bullshits aired out and it is a therapeutic and beautiful thing like it's it's fucking magical and the 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 one time that you were supposed to have your not your soulmate, but the person that you choose to be with for eternity, for the rest of your time in this world, the one time that you are supposed to depart from them is when you die. And, like, I've been blessed enough to experience that twice when I was a very, very, very young person. Like, being a teenager, my great-uncle and my grandma died within a year of each other. Oof. And my great uncle was my godfather that I'm not Catholic. So that doesn't really mean anything to me. I'm not a Lutheran, which is what my family was. That the reformed Catholics. Yes. Yeah, after, the, you know, the, the super ni- 95 thesis. No, yeah. Um, so that didn't really mean anything to me, but seeing two people that meant a whole bunch to me go away and like seeing how their partners handled it and stuff like that. Like that's, that was how it was supposed to be. Like, it wasn't supposed to be one of those things where, okay, I'm tired of your shit because I guarantee you my grandma was tired of my grandpa's shit long before she died. So, my friend Dan, who is, I mean, I I can't go so far as to say that he is a theologian, but he, well, I guess, I mean, I don't know. What's the definition of theologian? I mean, he's a biblical scholar. Um... And he, you know, has done pastoral work in churches in the past. And he recently got divorced. Now, it was his wife that wanted to get the divorce. And it was very, very hard on him because he did not want to be divorced. And he wanted to own it. No, I got to drive, man. That's yours. He did not want to be divorced, but ended up getting divorced because that's what she wanted. And she had been unfaithful to him. She had had an affair. And the people in his church were insistent that he does not get a divorce, although ultimately it was his ex-wife that filed. Um, They were insisting that he did not get a divorce because it was not the appropriate thing to do in the eyes of the church. And Dan, being literally the most intelligent person I have ever met, who knows the Bible in and out posits a theory to people. And he gets in this argument that till death do us part, that is the end of marriage, right? Till death do us part. However, where does that come from? That comes from the old Testament in the old Testament. When your wife was unfaithful, she was stoned to death. What happened when the husband was unfaithful? I don't know that I, I, I assume not the same thing because not. it was misogynistic, yeah. but that's not the point. It is. The, the, no, the point is, let me finish you fucking fuck. The point is, is that in the old world, when the concept of until death do us part actually was applicable, it was when your spouse died. If your spouse was unfaithful, they were killed by the community. Therefore, they were not alive. Therefore, your marriage was over. So that if your spouse is unfaithful, even though in the law of man, it is, you know, 
she is not dead. She's still alive. She's still, you know, getting, you know, alimony or what have you. In the eyes of the church, this she has killed the relationship. Perfect. So I would come at Dan with this. When Jesus was walking among people because he wants to say something about New Testament. Never heard of the guy. Yeah. Okay. So if he's this, if he's an individual who is deeply involved in his church and so on and so forth, and he is bringing something up that was New Testament in the stoning concept, then he would also understand the fact that there's a, there's a new covenant and the new covenant is what was supposed to be sealed in the blood of Christ. We are not a religious show. Yeah. Okay. You've heard the awful stuff that we say, but I'm not ignorant. Yeah. Like, I mean, earlier I was going to ask Chris if he smelled his finger after giving his son a suppository, but I thought it was inappropriate. No. So so, I didn't say it. So I'm just, I'm not completely ignorant to the fact that this new covenant thing exists. And in that. So what is the, what is, what does the new Testament say about marriage? I was going to continue. Oh no, I thought I would interrupt you. (laughs) So (laughs) Jesus actually came across a woman who was selling herself as a prostitute. Yeah, Mary Magdalene, right. It wasn't just Mary Magdalene. No, yeah. He came across several. He had all them bitches? All them bitches. Um, but he came across a woman, and he said, turn from your wicked ways, go home. She did. The whole point of that is before he died, before this whole your forgiveness is my blood thing came about, he said, listen, you're a human. You will make mistakes. You need to go home and never do what you're doing again. And it is permissible. So if you're looking at this this deity, at this entity, at this Christ or whatever, um, if you're if you're looking to religion for a way out of a relationship, like if you've already said this is a marriage and this is where we're at, like, is there anything that is beyond repair no no and if you're a christian on top of all that like you were the most filthy of filthy or at least you should be in your eyes there there are things you that are should be in your eyes there are things that are irreparable there are things the question that are is, is where's that line yeah so where's that line okay and we've already discussed on the show that that's defined by an individual but the fact of the matter is if you were basing your entire being off of your church, off of your religion, off of whatever, like your religion, almost all of them say that forgiveness is the policy. Like people make mistakes. So if you're in a place that your partner has done you wrong in some way, shape or form and you can't see past it, it is your ego that cannot see past it. And if you were a Buddhist and your ego can't see past it, like, you're you're wrong for having an ego. If you're a Christian and you can't see past it, you're not trying to be like Christ. Let me ask you this. What if they do it again? If they do it again, then they haven't moved past it, and then it's at that point that you need to move forward with some other course of action, like here— I'm a person with emotion and with feelings and with all these things. So I am not some godly entity that will sit before you and tell you that everything is permissible. It's not. You can do damage to a relationship by just being a fuck. So, and that's the challenge is that 
Boy, we've we've got a bit off topic. Well, I guess we're not off it's topic. It's not because, off topic because it's the ultimate heartbreak. And yeah, like realistically, so, you just brought to the table that your friend's wife had been having an affair, and that according to his church, well, she she cheated on him years ago. Yeah, whatever. So she had cheated on him years ago. He she was leaving. She that means she wasn't cheating years ago. She was cheating now. By the way, um, so she's leaving because she's got some other boyfriend. Yeah, fuck her. Uh, and he is clinging on to this concept of okay, my my God says I no, should. I he was sh- he was simply making the argument that it was okay for him to get divorced. But his argument for divorce was <sighs> infidelity is the death of the relationship. Infidelity is not necessarily the death of a relationship. Why? Expectation is. No, it's the great it is the greatest betrayal. Expectation is the killer of every relationship. So expecting that somebody is going to do something and them doing something other than what no. you expect so, will ultimately so destroy e- any relationship. Expecting your spouse to be faithful is a mistake? I didn't say that that was a mistake. I said that But that is my expectation. Expectation is absolutely one of those things. So anything that you expect somebody will fucking fail you on. A hundred percent. Well, then I don't want to have relationships. Then don't. Exactly. But that's bullshit. You're robbing yourself. So C.S. Lewis has this brilliant quote about basically. The kitty piddler? He wasn't a kitty piddler. Oh, yeah, he loved fucking kids, man. He'd get Hold him on. in that. He'd get him in that wardrobe. and. <laughs> you can keep talking because I'm going to pull up this quote. Yeah, this is not professional. This is why shows like Joe Rogan's podcast actually have someone. No, because he has a dude on the side. Yeah, exactly my point. You interrupted me. That's precisely where (laughs) I was going. You interrupted me when I was speaking He has a Jamie who does that shit for him. We have no Jamie. We're just dudes. We're dudes. Where is JP? JP's a child. JP is a fucking adult. No, he, he's a kid. Okay, first he's of all, not equipped to do what we need him he, to do. He's he is too. He's way smarter than they are. Who put together our intro? He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who put together the podcast? You did. No, we did. No, you did. No, don't, don't, uh-uh. don't do this. We did stuff. You did all the work. All I do is show up. Story of my life. So this is really interesting podcasting, Chris. Hold on, hold oh my on, God, your on. teeth are so white. I'm actually blinded by the reflection, the light actually bouncing off of your teethers into my eyes from uh, from your phone is pretty impressive. All right. So C.S. Lewis, a, who's just uh, just an avowed pedophile, I believe he was the first Nambla member. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will surely be wrung, possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping in keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully in hobbies and in little luxuries. Avoid all entanglement. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your own selfishness. You realize you're just convinced me to get divorced. But that casket, <laughs> safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. To be lovable, or to love is to be vulnerable. That's one of those things that's very profound and like, 
I found that quote right after Tara left. So, to love is to be vulnerable. To love is accept the fact that somebody that you adore will do you wrong. Whatever that wrong may be, like, it is. It simply is. All right, so, so then what, what are the unforgivable wrongs? Unforgivable isn't a concept. Like, that's a construct. So... The older I get, uh, that's the that's the first time you said some shit that you were just trying to sound smart. No, but no, didn't no. make any sense. Legitimately, like, <laughs> legitimately, it wasn't me trying to sound smart. So the older I get, the more I realize that I sound like a fucking monk as I get older. The older I get, the more I realize I sound like a monk as I'm getting older. Yeah. So we shouldn't um, drink while we're doing this show this, because no, you that, sound. No, that has nothing to do with drinking. Like I, I was just being honest. So <laughs> I'm fucking with you, man. So the older I get, the more I realize I sound like a monk when I speak. And the things that come across as important to me, um, I, I become, I become more open to the fact that everything is outside of my control. And the only thing that I control is, that which I am doing. So, if I am a, a person that is of a faith or something like that, like, I have to accept the fact that I can forgive somebody for being a dick. If I'm a person that is just a monk or whatever, I have to accept the fact that everybody's going to do just what they're going to do. What happens after that? So, is there something that that Tara could do in your relationship that would terminate the relationship for you. Hold on. I have to pee so fucking bad. So could Tara ever do something that I find irredeemable? Absolutely. Could I find forgiveness for basically anything that she could do? Yes. And that's basically the, the point that I have to come to as an individual to where I have to realize, okay, can I forgive you being an asshole? Can I forgive you being a cheater? Can I forgive you being a liar? Can I forgive you being whatever it may be? Like anything under the sun. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's a place that I have to come to. And I have to be at a place where I have to realize that, okay, in order to continue to have this relationship, there is some level of trust or faith that I'm going to have to have that what you're telling me is true. And if that people, or if that people, if yeah, that person, really yeah, stupid, um, <laughs> <laughs> if that person then betrays your trust past that, yes, it might be completely irredeemable and it might be something that you cannot live with. So our, 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 our forgiveness of a wrong and dissolution of the relationship mutually exclusive. What I mean is, is that can you say, you know what? You're right. I understand you did wrong. I forgive you for what you've done. However, I don't want to be invested in this relationship any longer. If you truly forgive somebody and you're in the committed relationship that we're both in, forgiving it is to continue to be in the relationship 
Hmm. Huh. Uh, maybe I can't forgive. Maybe you're pissed off. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're any number of things. Maybe that's not the end. Yeah. Rainbows. I'm not saying rainbows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying no sort of the thing. No, was it? That was a. That was a. That was a deep paraphrase of uh, an episode of of South Park. But no, I get. I, I I get what you were saying. It's and it's tremendous food for thought. But you know, I I do believe that you can have your heart broken so badly that it does irreparable damage to the relationship. Man, you've got that sweet bald spot. Can you do that thing again with your hair? Yeah, oh, there it is, right there. Man, that is crazy. How yeah. did that happen again? It's alopecia areata. Alopecia. And, and mine is caused by stress. So is there is there some point where an individual can say, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any point where somebody's irredeemable? That's That's so hard. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, is you're, it you're not the same today that you were yesterday? But, it, but is it like leaving a job where you're like, you know, I really liked this, but I see an opportunity in the future, and you know, as as much as I I like this, there are things about it that I would rather do without, and I'm ready to move on. I think once you've broached a marriage, I I think you're kind of beyond that. Like that's that one thing that you've said until we're dead and gone. I'm going to do this and to go back to that. Right. So then, but then, but then, okay, let's go back to previous episodes about, about the, the oath that you take to be married, right? If someone violates the contents of that oath, right? Then is it not okay to end the relationship because someone else violated the oath? Someone broke your heart. And they violated the oath. Well, that oath is null and void now because they violated it. You didn't choose to do this. They did. What you choose to do with the actions of another person is entirely up to you. And, like, that's one of those things, like, I think, ah, man. Okay, so to to get all fortune cookie and shit, like, that's racist. You're so yeah. fucking you and your cultural appropriation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. So oh, wait go, a minute. White people invented fortune cookies. That's yes, not an Asian thing. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, no, but so. Okay. Actually, I think they invented it for white people because we're stupid. But anyway, we are. But so to to be an individual, to be a person moving through your existence you understand you're going to make mistakes. Right. To be a person in a relationship, to be a person in a marriage, like you have to come to grips with the fact that the person that you're with is going to make mistakes. Right. And do I think you should be willing to move past them? In most cases, yes. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about this then. Let's talk about, because we, we did a great episode on infidelity and we, we lost it due to bad recording, which we need to revisit it. But we do. 
So let's say your significant other cheats on you yep. once. They have a one night stand. They're out of town on a conference and they're at the bar and they're hanging out and they're drinking and, you know, they just lose themselves in the possibility of another person. Okay. Forgivable. Let's say then, for example, just hypothetically, your significant other has an affair with someone that they work with, you know, that they're close with. That's most common. And they do it once and that's a betrayal, but then they do it again. That's another fresh betrayal because after the first time they had the opportunity to step back and look at the relationship and say, what I did was wrong for a variety of reasons and is going to cause tremendous pain to my significant other. So I'm not going to do it again. But then they do it again and again and again and again and again. And they go into this cycle of infidelity. That's not one betrayal. That is many betrayals. Because after every fresh betrayal, there is an opportunity to For not do it yeah. again. Is that forgivable? That's up to, again, to touch on the things that we've already touched on on the show. Like, where does that make you? A, does that make you a bad spouse if you don't forgive that? Does it? I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I think don't know, so. But I don't know. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that. So, are you? Are you then? If you end, if you dissolve that relationship, are you somehow breaking the oath that you made about that relationship through better? You know, uh, better, you know, richer, poorer, you know, Are better, you, like, I don't worse. know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. Exactly. I, at no point will I sit here and pretend to have all the answers. Like, that's not what the show's about. That's not what I'm about. No, but my point is, is that, that, you know, there are, someone can do things. Someone can break your heart to such a degree that dissolving or ending the relationship is just sensical. If you were sensical, anytime somebody hurts your feelings, you would run away from them. I don't. I don't think that's realistic. Bullshit. Like if you were sensible. No, I, I actually. I you, actually you, don't. You don't. You don't say that to me with the, because you've been I with the don't. same person. God, you sound like me. You've been with the same person for twenty-seven years. Yeah, okay. twenty-seven years next month. Yeah. Next month it'll be twenty-seven years. So you've been with the same person for twenty-seven years. I feel like we've already talked about it. But, like, being with that person that long, like, how many times has she pissed you off? How many times has she said the wrong thing? How many times has she done the wrong thing? Like, how many times has that person done something to violate what you think is right or whatever? Very seldom. Bullshit. Bull true? Fuck, how? Very like, seldom. I, I live with a person that I love dearly, but... On multiple occasions, she said or done things that have completely fucking pissed me off. And I, I, I can't wrap my head around, like, being a person dealing with other people, the concept of somebody not pissing me off or me not feeling right. like that person or somebody has done me wrong in some way, shape, or form. Like, 
that's part of being a person with an ego and with any semblance you of self-worth. You know what it is? Honestly, there are things that are just, that I just don't dwell on, that just aren't important, that I have no difficulty getting past. And then there are other things that in my mind are impossible to get past. So when Tara left, I put together a photo album and Google Photos, and I titled it The One Thing Worth Fighting For. Oh. And it was a it was a bunch it of photos me from and basically Cody. Yeah. It was a bunch of photos from the time we met until we had split up and it was whatever whatever these photos might have been but there were hundreds and like that's that's photos that's something that was taken that i don't fucking take photos it's a rarity that i do so if 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 i can go through and pick out photos from five years hundreds of them that mean something and that show me that there's something worth fighting for here why why am I in a place to say that you're irredeemable because you're not here anymore? You know what's worth fighting for? Hmm. Not doing it again. Realizing that you're such a fuck up and you've done such a horrible thing that you stop doing that horrible fucking thing. I don't think for a second that any person on this earth has not made a mistake and has not been able to go back to that mistake again. The first time you do something is the hardest. Every time after that is easier. So let's say you fucking, you're pissed off and you tell your partner that they're the biggest fuck up you've ever met. You say that one time. Well, it's easier to say that again. And the time after that, it's easier than the time before yeah. that. And you say that to me once we're done. I don't if you if you if you if those words leave your mouth one of two things has occurred one you believe it or two you have said it with deliberate maliciousness and I've lost respect for you I've never met a person that hasn't said something out of deliberate maliciousness I have and you know what? I don't have relationships with those people anymore. I've never met a person that hasn't done something because they were pissed off. I've never met a person that hadn't made a mistake. I've never met a person that hasn't made a series of mistakes. I've never met a person that wasn't an addict to something, whether it be attention or a fucking substance or whatever. Like, I, in my... 29 years of life have not met a person that hasn't had some kind of issue no i i i get that i'm i'm simply saying that there are some things that you can't get past there are some heartbreaks that are so powerful you can't get past them what if what if cody and tara had a relationship yeah what if they did behind your back yeah what if they did could you forgive either of them i don't know Probably, probably not. You'd, you'd murder them both with a hatchet. 
I'd probably murder them both. Um, With a hatchet. I don't know what the device would be. Uh, in my brain story, it's a hatchet. Yeah. Shout out to I Shannon. What's up? I don't have a hatchet. Um, I'll buy you one. Thanks, bro. There's actually a really good brand. I don't remember the name of it, but I can show you it to it's you. It's called Hackslash and Murder Your Partner. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Buster. <laughs> no, that's that's one of those things. Like it's it, it's up to the individual to move past a, a an event or a series of events that have fucking wronged them. And like, you're never gonna meet somebody that hasn't wronged you in some way, shape, or form. Which is when people get offended by somebody saying something. It's like, okay, so somebody said something to you. How how are you letting that thing that they've said, whatever that might be, be the complete dissolution of your relationship with that person? Like. I'm not saying that you need to be friends with everybody. I'm not saying that you need to have an ongoing relationship with everybody. What I'm saying is that you will not meet a person that couldn't do you wrong. Every individual on God's green earth on this fucking planet can or will do you wrong at some point in time. Right, and the, and the objective is is to be cognizant of that and to not repeat that kind of mistake. Yeah, the, objective, I, I mean, I, I don't, the objective is to be in such a place that you are comfortable enough with who you are as an individual to accept the fact that you will be wronged. Like, I have kids. I have to love them no matter what. I will not matter to them in the very near future. Like, my oldest son is nine. He's going to be a teenager in a few years. I won't mean anything to him. God, all the fucking jizzed-in socks you guys are going to have to wash. Right? No, Ugh. but the fact of the matter is, like, I won't fucking mean anything to him. And, like, what what happens if, let's say he's 16 years old, he meets some girl, he runs off to the other side of the planet, and I never see or hear from him again. Okay. Will it change the fact that I love that person? No, of course not. No. Yeah, of and course sh- not. Should, should I let it? Because that's ultimately what this is. Like, should you let the fact that somebody has done you wrong dictate that you don't love that person? Well, no. no. Okay, but but there but there's an important distinction between loving someone. And be willing to continue a relationship with that person. Be willing to love somebody and continue a relationship with that person. No, 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 love, no, no. love, we, love we are, alone is not enough. We are in very, very, very different scenarios here because, like, what what I understand is love is that which I have for a child, and it's that which I have for my own children. So it's it's somebody that I have contributed half of their. Uh, Half of their genetic yeah, makeup. Yeah, you, you fucking shot a hot load in their mom, and somehow a life got made. Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's say let's say I find out that one of my kids isn't mine. Oh, murder! No, not like, the kid. No, but uh, why? It, that's why? A, it's just it's just an amazing lie. No, an amazing it, it's lie. an amazing lie. But the fact of the matter is, like, if my my contribution to this world and this person at that point is I'll be there. Like, I love you, even if you don't love me. So, so how, how can I walk away from that? 
It, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying. So, if you found out that Christopher was not yours, what if I found out the tear wasn't mine? Oh, Jesus Christ! Then Tara would be murdered with a hatchet. No, like what? What I'm saying is simply: What if I found out one of my children wasn't mine? Could I turn my back on them? No, of course not. No, but could you absolutely have unforgivable, not? just raging hatred for the person who lied to you about it? Yes. Could I, could I be pissed at that person? Yeah, but would that change the fact that I've experienced a love that I couldn't have known any no, other way? No, of course no, not. Of course that's, not. That's that. That's but would that you need? Thing. But would you stay married to Tara if that were the case? Would I? I don't know. Yeah, like and, here, here's the thing. I don't. I don't know what I would or wouldn't do. The fact of the matter is, like, could I deny somebody? And I, I again, we think of things very different because you're thinking of things as, oh, I have a partner. This is somebody that I'm supposed to be in this with no matter what. I'm thinking of this as, okay, what if it was my kid? What if that person that betrayed me that did all this ignorant ass shit was my kid? What do I do then? I cannot say with certainty because I do not have children. But I very much believe that the bond between parent and child would be so strong and so different that you would find it easier, not easy, but easier to accept and forgive your child than it would be to forgive your spouse. So if you are, if you are a Christian in particular, there's this concept of there is no greater love than if a man lay down his life for another. Okay, I think that's pretty fair. So the greatest love or anything that you could give to any other living being is being willing to sacrifice your own existence for that individual. Whether it be an animal, a person, whatever. But can someone... Can someone betray you or break your heart to a degree such that you're no longer willing to do that? I don't believe so. Hmm. I think once you're once you're invested to that point, I think that's it. See, I, I disagree. I think that someone can can betray you and break your heart to a point where that's no longer on the table. I think there are only a couple of people that I would give my life for in this world. Very, very few of them. Yeah, Christopher, so, Tear, Tara. Yeah. Right. Well, Cody, like John. There are a couple of people that I would fucking absolutely jump in front of a fucking speeding train for. Yeah, no, I would I but that's one of those things, like there are a few people that I would I would give up my existence for. At what point is that no longer real? And that's what I have to decide has nothing to do with what that person could do wrong to me it has everything to do with what i'm willing to do for that Ter person if you know again if tara had an affair with cody you're no longer willing to give up your life for either of them am i i that's my guess i don't know like that's, well, that's one of i mean things... i'm not a betting man but that's where i put my money yeah no that's one of those things that like it's been a very heavy episode it's been a very heavy episode yeah. but it, it, what i i don't know I don't have an answer for that. Does it change the fact that I don't love either of those persons? Let's say they had an affair. They both got fucked up one night and banged it out. And, and, and it, it never happened again. 
I still care deeply for both of those people. Then I, I don't. I, I I go back to something that I said originally on this show. I'm going to spin our first episode. Maybe I don't want to know. Ignorance is bliss. I, I need to not know because I, I need, if I know it will fester. If I, if I have the ability to move past something that makes me greater than what I am. I, I'm not great. I am, I am weak and foolish and selfish. I disagree. And I don't want to know. I disagree. I disagree. I think that that's this week's word of wisdom. We've been recording for a lot. a long episode. Hour and ten minutes. All right. Here yeah. we go. Ignorance is bliss. Not <laughs> knowing is better than knowing. I disagree. It just is. You know what? L listen, you know what? Fuck you, Chris Parsons. This is my weekly word of wisdom. Ignorance is bliss. I love you, though. Even though this has been hard and intense and we've sort of walked around and tried to circumvent the subject and people know exactly what we're talking about. I love you. And this is wonderful. And ignorance is bliss. Well, not... no, because you keep saying Cody and Tara had an affair or some yeah. shit like that. And our <laughs> listeners are going to be like, Cody and Tara. No. Cody and Tara did no, not have an affair not. because um, because I didn't kill either of them. Yeah, no, neither did I. Uh, oh, you it, never do your own killing. Yeah, no. That's actually this week's word of wisdom. <laughs> you never do your own killing. Never. I think I used that one before in an episode, didn't uh, I? Probably. So yeah, here. Never do your own killing. I'll, gi I'll give ignorance you an actual, is bliss. I'll give you an actual word no, of wisdom. Ignorance is bliss. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, what's your word of wisdom, Chris? Chris Parsons. It's not my own. Um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, that's the guy. Uh, uh, that's you, the guy. You know how many of our... You've just alienated <laughs> 75% of our listeners. No, I didn't. You did. So, so dear listeners, if you hear that, <laughs> if you hear that, and you're like, I'm not a Christian. Okay, so you're a person, you're a dick. Yeah, look, or uh, you yeah, know I, I get it. Golden rule and all that. These are great. You take Judeo-Christian philosophy out of them. There is one golden rule, not rules, plural. My point is, <laughs> is that, you know, I don't know what my point was. Fuck you. There, there was no point. This whole show is pointless. We Here should we move are. to Colorado and smoke a bunch of weed and do this show. Oh, God. <laughs> my wife is in. Uh, no, like, it's a very simple concept. Okay, so you guys are shitty. We're shitty. Everybody that you know is shitty. If I'm you're vile. shitty... How are you going to be pissed off at everybody? From I think shitty? I should be because be, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm because I am not a strong person. I am weak are you and the petty. Least shitty? No, I'm like the most shitty. Okay. Okay. What do you, what, what, I don't understand. What's that your was point? The whole you think point. you're stupid, that was the whole smug point. grin? What? That was I, the whole point. You're it, like, I am. The most shitty. Yeah. But I can hate somebody. Yeah. No, you can't. Oh, my Shut God. Up. You know what? I have to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Guys, um, comment, like, love. I don't uh, tell us tell us your thoughts on uh what it means to be heartbroken and what is forgivable and what isn't. I love you. I love you. Sweet girls.